0: 2 Peter 1, 1 through 1-11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world Caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness add knowledge, and to knowledge self control, and to self control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks to God, who has provided His Word for our understanding. All right.
1: Well, welcome back to the. This is actually the conclusion of a short series we've called Election, and uh, you know it really didn't have much to do with the election that we just got done with. Thank goodness we got done with it. Right. And, uh, but, it, but it did have to do with it in some ways, and really what we've been looking at is the actual biggest election of all time, and, and we've been talking about this, this concept that's presented in several spots in Scripture, we just read one of them a few minutes ago, where the apostles of Jesus talk about us as God's elect. And we've been talking about that, that metaphor, if you will, and, and what does that mean, that God would choose, call, predestine, all these words that are used that uh, sometimes cause a lot of confusion. And, uh, and, you know, we pick our brain. How does that work? How does all that work? And, and so we've been talking about that. And if that's something you've wrestled with and you've missed either the last couple of weeks, I would encourage you to go back on either our website, cypressstreet.org, or on our podcast, and, and just catch up on, especially if you only have time for one, last week's. Uh, on the elect really kind of brings it together on on what that means and we 've talked a lot about how uh, in their minds you know they 're thinking not of a presidential election when they talk about election they 're thinking of Israel, and that was their context in their day they didn 't have democratic elections like we do, and so they thought of a people that God chose uh, and and Today, what we want to do is you know we 've talked about the who and we 've talked about um, kind of who, who did the electing, which was God, and who, did, who got elected, which is the church, us, and, and now we want to talk about the why. And this is really the culmination of this whole thing, that, that God, you know, when you're elected to something, you're elected for a purpose, right? And we've talked each week about how we all know what it feels like to, to cast that vote, to elect somebody, and then they get to Washington or to, the, or to Baton Rouge or wherever we send them, and they forget all about the people who elected them they forget all about the purpose to which they were elected for and it becomes about them you know it becomes about how can they line their pockets how can they do you know their agenda or the agenda of those who are patting their backs and so forth Uh, and so we know how the corruption works that's what happens when you forget who and why and so we don't want to forget who and why. If God says, hey, I've elected you, let's say, okay, he has elected us for a purpose. And what we want to do today is explore the agenda. You know, as they're up in Washington and everywhere right now after this election trying to sort out their agenda of what the next administration is going to look like, of what the next Congress is going to look like, and so forth. Let's take just today and, and sort out a little bit and remind ourselves what is our agenda? What is the purpose to which we're called? And, uh, and so we're going to, that's our challenge today. Peter called it, you know, confirming your election, you know, proving, you know, by action that we are the elect of God. And that's what we want to talk about today. Now, I've got a pet peeve. Now, surely, anyone have a pet peeve besides me? Pet peeves? Anybody? Some of you might even share my pet peeve. Uh, well, this is just one of them. I'm sure I have a plethora. But when I walk into a store, like a retail store or a restaurant, and, you know, and the employee won't even look at me because they're talking to their buddy, whether it's another employee or, uh, or another customer or whatever, you know, or they're on the phone or they, it's like you're an inconvenience to their day and they might get to you, you know, if, They feel like it. That just drives me crazy because I, you know, I worked retail once upon a time and I I worked at Domino's Pizza, believe it or not, and I worked first. I was a senior customer service representative for a while and, and then I became a driver. But I was taught, you know, that the customer trumps everything, especially the customer in the store. The customer in the store trumps everything else you're doing. Drop everything, focus on them, take care of them. We were taught that that was drilled into us. And so it, now it drives me crazy when I go places. It's not even about, like, me personally. It's just I'm thinking, where's the manager here? <laughs> you know? well, how are they letting this happen? This is, this is not good business. This is not how it's supposed to work. And so it's just kind of, if I ever lose it and, uh, and take off and become a manager at some store, you'll know that my pet peeve got the best of me. And you should probably pray for those employees. But, uh, but <laughs> it's just one of my frustrations and you know, I thought about it, You know, I don't frequent other churches as often as I frequent stores and things, but boy, that's another one of my pet peeves, is when churches do the same thing. And I walk in, I've walked into churches, maybe you have too, where you were just like, a, why are you here, kind of inconvenience. And
0: I'm
1: like, do you know why you're here? <laughs> Do you know why God picked you? And so we need, to, we need to make sure that each of us individually and that we as a church are striving to keep the purpose for which we were called and elected at the, front, at the forefront of what we're doing. Because if we ever lose sight of who elected us and why, we're going we're gonna to have a mess on our hands. And one day we'll answer for it. And so we explore this passage. Peter is concerned about this. With the early church, the Apostle Peter is who these letters are attributed to. And and we've looked at a couple other passages from the Apostle Paul where he talks about this same theme. But here we look at what the Apostle Peter has to say about it. And he kind of began by saying... That God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He's given us every great and, His great and uh, precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We've been called to do something. We, re- we were called for a, for a purpose. And and through that calling, we have escaped the corruption of the world. Can we just all agree on something? Our world is broken. And according to Peter, the thing that has broken it are evil desires. So it stands to reason that the thing that would help fix it would be godly desires or a godly life. And that's what we're called to, he says, in Christ. Christ. You know, in his other letter that we have that comes right before this, 1 Peter, he opens up uh, that letter this way. He says, To God's elect who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood. Not just sprinkled with His blood. That would refer to forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins we weren't just called and elected for forgiveness of sins that's part of it but to be obedient to who? you can say it (laughs) to be obedient to Jesus Christ well that was Peter's first letter and maybe a few years later he's like I don't think they got it maybe I needed to be more specific so he gets really specific in what we read today. I mean, abundantly specific. He's like, let me spell it out for you. Alright, you've got faith. That's great. Let's add to that goodness. We don't need to define goodness, do we? We all know what goodness is when we experience it. You know some people who are good. They ooze goodness. And it's good to be around those people. We know about goodness. He says, alright, you've got goodness, add goodness. Knowledge. We're going to need to engage our brains a little bit and learn about what God has done for us. We need to learn about Jesus' ways if we're going to be obedient to him. We need to know what we believe if, if, so we can answer for our faith when people in the world ask us about it, what we believe. So we need to add knowledge. And to knowledge, we need to add self-control. Lord knows we need self-control. And to self-control, Perseverance. We need perseverance nowadays. Too many of us, you know, we we grow weary. And you know we grow weary because we start sounding bitter, angry, worried, and fearful all the time. If only we'd persevere. And Peter says, add to perseverance godliness. And that Greek term for godliness, they say, is a kind of a combination of two things that has to do with just living. For God every day. Like your everyday life. That our worship isn't just something that we do here once a week. But it's something that in, you know, involves our whole life. Every day. Everything we do. Godliness. And to godliness. Mutual affection. Or sometimes brotherly affection. You know what we do to encourage each other. In faith. And finally love. Love. That thing that defines our God. That thing that Jesus put on ultimate display when he died for the world. How are we doing on love? He says, add all these things. And then he tells us why. He says, if you'll do this in increasing measure, as in this is something you're going to have to grow in and work on and keep working towards and keep building into your life, and keep adding those things on top of each other, then they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. And down at the bottom he says that phrase, make every effort to confirm your election, to prove whose you are, that you are the people of God. He doesn't spell out for us here what the purpose is. But he does tell us that if we'll do those list of things that we will be productive and effective for Christ. So somehow or another, if we, if we are adding those things into our life, then we should be becoming increasingly effective and productive in our pursuit of the purpose to which we were called. So what is that purpose? What, for what reason? were we elected chosen why are we here <laughs> surely it's it's more than just you know sing a few songs shake a few hands call it good go eat lunch surely there's something more than that so let's look real fast at the at the list and let's think for a moment in the context of scripture and let's think for a moment if these are the things we're supposed to be adding into our life then than what possible purpose. And one thing that stands out to me is that this list sounds a lot different than popular Christianity in our, in our world today. That's very me-focused. A lot of people, they come to Christ as, or to religion or whatever as another attempt to find happiness in their life. And so we expect this list to sound more like You know, add self confidence. And then to that, add self esteem so you can look yourself in the mirror with some pride. And to that, add happiness. And to happiness, add exuberance and love of life. (laughs) You know, we could just keep that list going. That's, you know, a lot of times what our faith is about, it seems. It's coming to a place where we enjoy our life better, where we are blessed. And then after we get done enjoying our wonderfully blessed life, then we go to heaven. But these words, these words don't really have much to do with that. And, and they, in fact, self-control, perseverance, I mean, that sounds like, I mean, you don't need to persevere through something unless it's pretty rotten, you know? <laughs> I mean, otherwise, there's no persevering involved. You just enjoy. So, these things, it's a little bit of a different list. And if we add those things into our lives, it doesn't seem like maybe we're the ones being blessed by it so much as others, so much as God. And if we think about ourselves as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, when they talk about us as the elect of God, they're going back to that Israel story. When God chose a people and He called Abraham. He said, I'm going to multiply you and your descendants. And He said He was going to do this for a purpose. And the purpose, He said, we can find it in several places. One of them is in Genesis, chapter 18. He said, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all Nations on earth will be blessed through him. Israel didn't just exist to bless themselves. Or to enjoy the presence of God. But to be a blessing to the world. And it says that God says. For I've chosen him that he will direct his children and his household. To keep the way of the Lord. Somehow obeying God. And keeping the way of the Lord. Obeying Jesus. Somehow or another that blesses our world so i believe that we are elected not only to be blessed but to be a blessing and not only to go to heaven but to pursue holiness that we were we were called that we were chosen that we are we exist for the purpose of being a blessing. Not just to be blessed ourselves. And to live for Jesus. To live His way. To be obedient. That's called holiness. Not just for a free Disney pass to heaven someday. It's our, call, it's our purpose. It's, it's why we exist. You know, that's, that's, Our mission is the same as, as Jesus' mission was. He left it to us when He ascended to heaven... And it's not complete until the day He returns. And when He returns, then we have all of eternity to enjoy the blessings, to enjoy each other's company, to enjoy God. But until then, we have a mission, we have a purpose that's bigger than that. So if all we do is is come together and sing our favorite songs and share potlucks and all that good stuff that we enjoy... We're not fulfilling the whole purpose for which we were elected. We'll have all eternity to do that stuff. But right now, we're in this window of time where God has elected us for a purpose just as He chose Israel for a purpose once upon a time. They didn't fulfill that as they were supposed to. But God, in His wisdom, sent Jesus Christ. That's our hope and our salvation and everyone who's in Him. We are the elect of God and we were elected for a purpose. So how are we doing with it? How are we doing with our purpose? How are we doing with being a blessing? How are we doing with holiness? Holiness is one of those words that I don't know, maybe it's gotten a bad reputation or something. We uh, sounds kind of boring sounds kind of stiff, sounds kind of I don't know, nowadays, our, it's one of the things our culture doesn't like about us. The whole holiness thing. And maybe that's because of the way that we've pursued it, partly. Uh, or the attitude with which we pursued it. Maybe it's just because people don't like the idea of not getting to live the way they want to live. I found this interesting quote the other day. It was actually posted by, uh, shared by uh, one of our missionaries, Ron Cootie, and it's from a book called so many christians so few lions and this book you know the it's a play on the persecution of christians in the past and it, it's talking about anti-christian sentiment in our culture and the quote i think is very appropriate right now with the election and the protests that we're seeing and things you know this is how people feel a lot of times about Christians and Christian holiness and all that stuff. It says the religious right does what it can to restrict the behavior of others to what they consider to be moral through political action. They're anti-choice, anti-gay, anti-science and anti-sex. And this is a female aged 18 to 25 with uh, working on graduate school. And uh, this is just you know one of a lot of examples of how people feel about the church, how they feel about Christians, how they feel about Holiness. And that's a shame. It's a shame because. Holiness. Was never meant to be anti anybody. Holiness is, is. For people. For the good of the world. We believe as we say so often around here. That God's ways aren't just these arbitrary rules. That we inflict on people. Or that we inflict on ourselves. But. But actually the way that we think the world works best. That God who designed and created set forth a better way of life and it stands in opposition to the world's way of doing things. Yes, it does. And it's not always popular, therefore. But we support it not because we want to stick it to people, not because we're we're opposed to people or because we hate people, but because we love people. And we believe it's the best way to live. And it's the best thing for them, and it's the best thing for us, and it's the best thing for our society as a whole. That's what we believe about holiness. It was never meant to be anti-anybody. So shame on us when we've acted like it was. Let's remember why we're called to holiness. It's to be a blessing. To pursue our purpose in Christ. So, how about you? What would you say Christianity is for you? Is it is it mostly something you do to bless you? Or is it something where you're engaged in trying to be a blessing to others? I think for most of us, it's kind of a both and, you know. It's a more than an either or. And that's good, I mean... God does bless us in so many ways but I believe the greatest blessings come when we're fulfilling our purpose of trying to be a blessing to others and so we have to be careful that our whole prayer life doesn't become me centered that our you know devotional books and things aren't just telling us how to live with greater happiness We can, you know, I've heard a lot of preachers, maybe you have too, that sound more like motivational speakers that you could hear anywhere, you know. And they might use a a passage of scripture here or two, and that kind of sets them apart. But really, they're just doing a motivational speech on how you can be a better you. How you can have a better life. Another few steps to a better you. (laughs) We've got enough of those in the world. And we need somebody to stand up and say, we're going to be a blessing. We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to our world. We believe that's what we're called to. This means that if we add those things in our life, maybe you need to pick one of these today to focus on this week. To say, I'm going to work on adding this one in this week because Peter said if we add these in then it will help us be effective and productive in pursuing the purpose to which we were called in Christ Jesus so maybe you need to add some goodness maybe it's been mostly badness lately (laughs) you just need to add some goodness to your attitude to the way you treat others maybe you need to work on the knowledge part you know Maybe you need to get in God's Word a little bit. Get a little sharper. Maybe it is the self-control thing for you. That you know some things that you're supposed to be doing, but you just aren't doing it. And so you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit's help, but you also need to ask Him to help you use some self-control. Maybe what you need to add this week is Perseverance. You know, maybe there's something you're going through and you've been praying that God would take it away, fix it, and maybe right now he just needs you to persevere. Godliness. You know, maybe yours has been kind of a weekend faith. And you've got God in a box. It's part of your life. But godliness is about living for God in all of your life. So maybe you need to work on that this week. Or maybe it's mutual affection. That when you're around other believers, you're there to build them up, to encourage them, not just to be encouraged. Or maybe it's love. It's easy to get frustrated at people in this world to view people as the enemy, to even feel hateful or spiteful towards people. But our Savior is the one who from the cross said, Father, forgive them. And He so loved the world before the world ever loved him. And now we're his hands and feet. What do you need to add in this week? To prevent your faith from just being about being blessed and not being a blessing. About your ticket to heaven instead of a call to holiness. And of course we need to think about ourselves as a church as well. Because after all, this this letter was written to a church, a community of believers. And when they talk about the elect, they're talking about a people. The church, the capital C church. Church. I believe that God did not give us this property here at 1401 Cypress Street just so we could sit here and enjoy it. He didn't call me here as your pastor just to teach and preach and enjoy your company, though it's good company. (laughs) He didn't send these fine young families to this church just so we can oogle over babies He didn't put great cooks in this church just so we can feed ourselves and get fat. (laughs) He didn't just place generous, generous givers here just so we can buy the things that we like. We're here for a purpose. We can't lose sight of the purpose. Too many churches lose sight of the purpose. And it's like those those employees in the store that you know maybe maybe nobody ever taught them, or or maybe it was poor management and the management never said, "Hey, here's your purpose," <laughs> or maybe they'd just been doing it a long time and they were tired of it. Maybe they've run into a lot of nasty customers. Who can blame them for getting sick of that? For whatever the reason. They lose sight of their purpose. And they lose sight of the fact that if the business suffers, then they suffer. And here we are in this church, and we, we run the same risk as every church does, and every group of believers does, that if we're not careful, we'll begin to think it's about us. If we're not careful, we'll forget why we're here. And so we have to remind ourselves from time to time of why we're here. It's not just to sing the songs we like. It's not just to hear sermons that make us feel good. (laughs) This this is definitely an anecdote for that, right? (laughs) You came on a good week if you were wanting. You know, we had Heritage Sunday a few weeks back. And man, I heard so many good things about it. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. We all enjoyed it. Several of us would love to have that every week, but we can't have that every week. We can't do it. I that day after uh, church, you know, we met and we had a meal, and and uh, we had a young lady visiting with us that week, visiting some family, and. I kind of tongue-in-cheek, said, uh, we sing all your favorite songs today. (laughs) And she laughed and uh, kindly, in a kind sense of humor, said, oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. It was a fun moment, but it also is a revealing moment, too. We can't just do the things that we like until the day we die, or else we'll leave behind an empty church. And we will have not been effective or productive. It's not just about music. That's a small drop in the bucket. If our ministries, if our decisions, if if our leaders are making decisions based on what we enjoy instead of prayerfully pursuing, how can we make a difference in our community? How can we reach people who aren't being reached? How can we reach, you know, young families nowadays are increasingly distancing themselves from God and from faith. Are we going to do something about it? Are we going to fulfill our purpose? Are we going to make this all about us and what we enjoy and the way we enjoy it and what we do? It's not that we can't ever do what we enjoy. Not at all. We're going to have more Heritage Sundays. But we can't lose sight of the purpose to which we were called. Or one day we'll regret it. If we do. If we aren't being difference makers, we're not doing it right. If we aren't teaching people new, better ways of life in Christ, then we're not doing it right. And if the communities in which we live aren't being exposed to the gospel, we're not doing it right. So thank you. Thank you to those of you who cook the meals and take them down to Project 41 so that those ladies who are trying to escape a life in sex trafficking can have a shot at it. And for those of you who took supplies to their house that they were starting up, thank you to those of you who go down to CCM with food and with help. Thank you for those of you who go and serve a meal at Grace Place. Thank you to those of you who go and invite your friends that don't have a church home and say, I've got a good one. Come with me. Thank you to those of you who when you see someone new come in these doors, you're quick to go and smile and greet and make them feel welcome. Here's a challenge for you. It's going to make some of us real uncomfortable if you weren't already. What if you started praying that someone would take your seat? (laughs) Some of you have your assigned seating in here. What What if every week when you sat down in your spot, you said, God, I pray that someone will beat me here. That some visitor will sit down right here where I'm at and I won't be able to sit in my spot. And then just to show you mean it, make sure everything's nice and tidy before you get up. And leave today. Just in case some visitor comes and sits in your seat, there'll be a Connect card ready for them. There won't be any trash or junk sitting around or your favorite pillow or whatever. <laughs> Little things that help us remember that it's not about us. Pray for your leaders. Pray for me, pray for each ministry and committee, you don't have to know all the names, just to pray that God would give us wisdom to know which ministries out there to partner with and which ones to start and what we can do to keep our focus outward and not let it get stuck inward only. Let's pray together. Father, thank you, thank you for your goodness to us. God, we remember that salvation is about how good you are, not about how good we are. And we know that we were chosen by you not because we were so good or because we could do anything to deserve it. We were chosen by you in spite of the fact that we couldn't. May we not lose sight, God, of the purpose for which you called us, of the mission to which you left us. Lead us, God, to be a blessing to you and to our fellow man. Help us to live godly lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.